Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of The New Scene. That's right, folks. This is The New Scene, the show that keeps giving and giving and giving. And on this episode, we have Stefan Baham of Spam Records. We cover it all, folks. We cover the history of Spam Records. We cover the many wonderful bands on the label, including New Scene guests, Russ Rankin, and Bad Cop, Bad Cop. We cover the upcoming Spam Fest, which is happening in July this year over in Europe. So you're going to want to check all of that out. It's a great discussion with Stefan, and that's coming up in just a moment. But folks, before we jump into it, a reminder to support the new scene. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at New Scene Pod. Follow us on Twitch at The New Scene. Follow our YouTube channels. We have a main channel with full episodes and a clips channel with highlights from our favorite episodes. They're linked in the descriptions. And make sure you send in those five-star ratings. Open up your Apple Podcast application or your Spotify application. Hit that five-star button. If you write a nice review in Apple Podcasts, I'll read it on the show. Also, we have a shirt for sale in the Deathwish Inc. store. Head on over to the store, search The New Scene, and the shirt will pop right up. Your purchase of that shirt helps directly fund this podcast. And folks, also, please support Iodine Recordings. There's always a lot going on at Iodine. They've got an all-star roster of bands, classic bands, reissues, new bands, everything. They're doing it all. There's even more exciting stuff coming up that I can't even get into. Follow Iodine Recordings on Instagram at Iodine Recordings or check out the website at iodinerecords.com. All right, folks, so let's jump into it. We are now going to speak to Stefan Baham of Spam Records. Enjoy. All right, folks, we're here now with Stefan Baham. Stefan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. And uh, Stefan, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. What's going on? What do you got going on? Uh, pretty much we're totally busy with the label and, and the festival and everything else coming up. Yeah, pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, how many people run the label? Uh, we are now around nine people. Nine people, yeah. Nine people. So you oversee the whole thing? Yeah, exactly. And folks, we're talking about spam records this is stefan's label and we're going to get into more of that in a second uh stefan also does a spam fest which has been going on for a little while but stefan let's get to know you a little bit first where did you grow up i grew up in 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 austria in upper austria in a in a small village uh but then moved to Linz, which uh where i live now since 20 years and where's the office located and we're doing the the spam festival there now yeah Nice. So how was it growing up there? Uh, it was pretty cool because I grew up when when punk rock blew up when I was a teenager where yeah, it was pretty cool. We were all skateboarding and hanging out and going to punk rock shows and yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. Talk about your discovery of punk rock. What was the scene like in your town? Um it, it was pretty good because it was a time where Green Day and Offspring got famous and um yeah, I, I found out about No Effects back then and Lagwagon. And back then there were all these cool shows and all these cool festivals there. So it was a 
pretty good time to discover punk rock and yeah grew into the scene okay so you're in your town you're discovering punk rock and you said uh no effects and are, are big over there at the time yeah yeah all the u.s bands are big here not that big that it was in the 90s but it's 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 still pretty good and yeah that's that's some kind of my mission to 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 make it big again with with the band with my label and all these young bands we're signing and yeah it's it's, it's like a mission for me nice so talk about some of your early show going experiences how did you discover it what bands did you see how did you how did you get hooked on the whole thing um when i was i think i was 12 years old i was in the car with my brother we were driving around and he had this cool mixtape on his radio running um and it was no effects that was my first experience with punk rock and then i think uh, uh, a couple of months later uh, green day uh was playing everywhere with basket case and yeah that that was my my first experience and and i thought why well, I love this music. It was kind of, it, it felt right to me. And it's, it, it was the thing I always was searching for in the whole scene. We, everyone in my, my, my friends, my friends were all listening to punk rock. That's, that was pretty cool. And yeah, it got stuck in my head. And, and, um, I was, I went to tons of punk rock shows then. And, um, I think seven years ago, I, I thought it's time to, to give something back to the scene or uh, uh, do something for the scene. And that's when I started doing artworks for, for, for no effects and lag wagon and good riddance, blink One Eighty Two, and, and bands like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, did you ever think you wanted to play the music? Like, did you ever, did you ever want to be in a band? Yeah, this was my dream, but, um, uh, I'm so lazy playing instruments. <laughs> I, I tried to play drums and I played to I tried to to play guitar, and it was was kind of cool at the beginning. But I, I I always want something to be perfect at the moment I'm gonna start. So, uh, but it wasn't so easy. So I, I quit, and uh, yeah, that's one of my biggest regrets. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I talk to mostly musicians, but it's always interesting to talk to somebody who's involved in something else with punk rock, but besides the music. Because, you know, myself, I did bands, I've been in bands, but I never, I never really committed to the lifestyle or, you know, like really got on the, out on the road with one of my bands. It just, it was just mostly local stuff. And, and your entry point was, uh, graphic design like you had just mentioned right that you started doing artwork for bands yeah that was my entry to to get the bands to know personally uh yeah this this was my my entry to the scene yeah so talk about how you got started how did you learn how did you start to do it i always was into the graphic design scene because my my dad used to have a printing company so i did tried to do graphic design since I was a little kid, but then I worked for, for big advertising agencies, but I hated it at the end. So I, I don't want to, to work for, for companies anymore that I don't like. And I hate all these clients. So, um, one day I think I got home, uh, pretty drunk and I, uh, looked up Facebook and then was this posting from Joey Cape where he um had this design competition for a 
shirt or tour poster for his solo acoustic tour through Australia. And then I just sent him my idea and I he liked it and I won the competition. So I had this contact uh, of Joey and then I sent him ideas for bad astronaut for me first in the gimme gamers and they all like that stuff and he they they used it for their tours and shirts and then he invited me to a show in amsterdam and then i met some some managers and tour booking agents and this was the starting point uh then i i, I drew all the day and sent artworks to all the bands most of them didn't get back to me but i i tried it again and again and again uh i think i sent thousands of emails in the first year and then uh zebra had um let me do their their album artwork for walk the plank and this this helped me a lot to uh to get more well known as a graphic artist in the scene and then i met david pollack from destiny tour booking who's booking no effects like wagon pennywise and since that i'm doing most of their artworks now for 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 their bands tour posters and stuff like that and yeah this this was a big help for me to to do stuff for fat records and epitaph and all these labels and bands it must be pretty incredible these bands that you grew up listening to like you you are working with them now on their artwork yeah that's that's like a dream come true it and and i never thought this is going to happen but yeah I, I i tried everything and i think if you want something really really bad you you can make it and yeah this this just really happened to me and it's uh it's it's a, a incredible f- feeling or honor to to work with fat mike and and joey cape and all these other bands that's that that's great i think the key is to just keep trying things like i've done all kinds of stuff in my life music comedy uh maybe a little djing various things acting and i just i you know i just kept trying things until i found the thing for me, which right now is this podcast. And, you know, it sounds like you did that too, because you kind of tried to play instruments and get involved with bands and, you know, life took you in a different direction. And the graphic design, that was like your gateway into all of everything you're doing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about your record label, Spam Records. Now, when did you start it? How did you start it? It was kind of an accident to, to, to start the label. I, I started this festival here in Austria and we, we did this compilation, uh, with all the span of all these bands who were playing the festival and we don- donated all the money to animal shelters. And after that, a couple of bands asked me if I want to release their, their album. And I said, I, I thought about it and I don't have any experience with labels, but, um, yeah, I just I just tried, and um, this was the, the starting point of it. But it in the in the beginning, it was just a kind of a hobby. It was not the the minor priority of the of the of the company. I, I just tried and and tried to help bands out. But um, since the the pandemic hit us, it was the only thing we could do because I. I couldn't do any artworks anymore because nobody needed artworks because no one was touring. I had to cancel all my festivals. So I put all my money that I made in working in advertising agencies into the label. And yeah, it, it was the, the, the right way to do that because when before the pandemic, it was just me and a friend running it. 
running everything, the festival and, and, and stuff like that. But then it, it kind of blew up. Um, we, we now have nine people working there and we, we're selling much more records now. And it makes fun. It's now our major priority, the label. It's, it's the label, the, the festival and the artworks is, it's just a thing that, that helped me to get into the scene. And it's, I'm not doing that much artwork anymore. I'm just doing this for, for my, for my bands at the label, for the festival and for the bands I really like. So the, the, the main focus is the label right now. That sounds great. It's got to be more fulfilling than the advertising job, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, it's, <laughs> it's much more stressful now. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I haven't had a day off since five years, but I really love it. And I, I, it's, it's so good to see how it's, how it, that it, that it's going well now. It's great when you look at Pulley was always one of my favorite bands and now they're on my label. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's got to be the best part. Like you're working with these bands now and these people that you love mm. and you're helping them put out music. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great honor. And it's, it's so cool to, to help them and they all trust me. And, and for me, it's not about the money. It's, it's really to, to give something back to the scene, to, to help the scene, um, getting bigger again, because it's not the same, like it was in the nineties or early two thousands. It's, it's much harder now, but it's getting better now here. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's paying off. So you're in Austria. So what is the scene like? Talk about the scene now compared to back then. How is it different? Uh, yeah, everybody, uh, knew all these bands back then. Uh, Fat was a big thing. When you, when you went to a strung out show, it was sold out. Now it's, it's, it's a little bit different because all these young kids don't know these bands anymore. They're all listening to, to, I don't know, trap music and, and shit like that. And, uh, it's, it's much harder now, but, um, we, we help a lot of young bands releasing music. And this really helps us for the scene here in Austria, because a lot of, a lot of young people are coming to the shows now and we have this rule at all our shows and at our festival that all kids under 18 get free entry to our shows and festivals. Oh, that's great. I think that's, one of, I think for me, it's the only way to, to have kids back at the shows again, because they don't have to spend money. They, they, they don't lose anything. They just can swing by. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they can, they can leave or stay, whatever. Um, but if they like it, they come back again to the next show. And that really helps. Yeah. So before the record label, there was a spam fest, right? Yeah. Yeah, so talk about how that got started. Um, when I started Artworks, I had this my first art show uh, in Linz, and it was with the Flatliners. It was such a great experience. And then I thought, hey, let's do club shows in my hometown. And then I started this, um, and we had all these cool bands playing at, in a small club, uh, like Strung Out, Face to Face, uh, No Fun at All, Mad Caddies, uh, Good Riddance, and all these bands. And then I thought, hey, I already know all these bands personally, uh, most of them. So let's do a festival and book all your favorite bands. And this is how Spamfest got started. It was at the beginning, it was pretty small. It was a capacity of 400 for 400 people per day. And it was a huge success. And then we moved to another venue 
and it was for around 800 to 900 people and it was also sold out. So we did this for two or three years. And then we had this huge plan for 2020 where we moved to, to Linz with the festival and had this awesome lineup with me first in the Gimme Gimme's, Frank Turner, Suicide Machines, The Vandals, Face to Face and all these great acts. And yeah, then the pandemic came and we had to postpone it to, to later this year. And then we had a different lineup. Then we had to postpone it again to 2021 with also another completely different lineup. It was like a fantasy festival league. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this was pretty hard because we put so much energy into it. And then we had to cancel it, I think, four times now. And we had four different tickets because it was, at the beginning, it was pretty small. So we had a cheaper ticket price. Then we, it was a bit more expensive because we had two days. And now we have these four tickets running, uh, having uh, for the new one. And uh, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. But um, now we got this cool new festival, uh, this cool new venue. And it we're going to do it much, much bigger. So we thought about going all in after pandemic. And now we the festival is planned for 14,000 people. So 7,000 people per day. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because we have tons of side uh, events. It's not just a music festival. We have art shows there. We have a mini ramp there. Steve Caballero is coming uh, and tons of other pro skaters. Yeah, we have two stages. Yeah, it's pretty cool with, I think, 32 bands. And the lineup is, is awesome. We have all these awesome bands playing there, like Dropkick Murphys, uh, Millen Collins, Descendants, Bouncing Souls, Willem Scream, uh, and tons of other bands. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about the festival is, and if you have a label, you can put your bands on the lineup. So we yeah. have um, more than half of the bands from my label on the, on the lineup. That's pretty cool. It's, it's a huge chance for the bands. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's cool. Yeah. So 7,000 people per day, that sounds like a pretty major undertaking. Talk about some of the work that goes into planning this, because there's a lot of fests out there. We've seen a lot come and go. We've seen some go well. We've seen some not go well. Talk about the work you put into it that makes it a success. Um, I, I hope it's going to be a success because it's it, it's happening in July. But um, yeah, it's 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 a nightmare right now dealing with everything with all these restrictions that they're, they're gone and then they're coming back again. And uh, yeah, you 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 don't know what to expect. Uh, that's that's the problem. But we're pretty optimistic for July because right now all, almost all restrictions are gone. But the big problem we have to deal with is people are so scared going to shows and festivals and they're also scared about spending money for tickets and then it's going to get canceled so they're afraid to don't get their money back but they get our money back from from us uh so that that's that's the the, the big problems right now we have to deal with and all this um laws and we, we have to deal with so many stuff right now that that's horrible yeah and and for for this year, there are tons of festival because everybody wants to do a festival after after the pandemic. That's that's hard, and that was also the reason why we went all in. We just booked Dropkick Murphys, which is a is a is a major act for us. 
because they're usually playing club shows here in front of 10,000 people. And it must be a ton of work. Like this thing has been delayed a number of times now. So you have to rebook new bands. You have to rebook vendors, I'm guessing, security. Do you have to rebook everything every time it gets delayed? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's got to be a ton of work, right? Yeah, totally. And we also have to have tons of work with the label and all. We have to deal with the pressing plans because it's, it's a nightmare right now with all these delays. And yeah, it's not a, it's not a good, a good time to, to have a record label or a festival. Yeah. I get, you know, you must really love the work because the time you're putting into it, you, you know, you're, you're just in it. You keep doing it. Like, I've been in bands, right? Like I said, oh, I want to play music and I'm in this band, but I don't even really like the band that much. I just want to be in a band. So I leave the band or the band breaks up and it's like, okay, I'm done. But you know, you, Stefan, you're rescheduling this stuff. You're living it. You'd said you haven't had a day off in five years, which is crazy. So you must really love this. Yeah. It's, it's everything I wanted ever. And, um, I love the scene. I love the music. I can't live without punk rock music. And it's, it's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. That's, I want to build something and I want to help bands. I want to, I want to see people having a good time at the festival and having, having good time at the shows. That's, that's, that's what I want. It's not, like I said, it's not about the money. It's just about having a good time and, and helping, helping bands or helping people. That's excellent. Have you seen a change in the scene? since you've been involved with the fest and the record label, you know, you said you've, you got free entry for kids under 18. Have you seen kids starting new punk rock bands? Have you seen more shows? Have you seen a change at all? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We, we signed a band. Um, I think there is 17 or 18 years old. And every time they play, they have a huge crowd. All their friends are coming and they're all pretty young and that's pretty cool. And it's, it's such a cool thing. If you see, Kids wearing uh, no effects shirts, uh, yeah, that, that that's that's pretty cool, and and I also think there's there's a, a huge pop punk boom now with with Travis Barker and and Machine Gun Kelly. I, I don't like Machine Gun Kelly, but <laughs> um, I think it also helps the scene a bit because if they listen to Machine Gun Kelly, maybe they listen to No Effects and and Lagwagon and all these bands, so. It's better than than uh, having any other music genre. Yeah, it, it could be a good thing because if you if kids are listening to Machine Gun Kelly, that could be a direct pipeline to Blink One Eighty Two, and then that, that opens a ton of doors as far as pop punk bands go. Yeah, I, I see that every day. Uh, a lot of people listening to to Machine Gun Kelly here and 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 all these other bands, but. They, they're coming to the show, so we give them flyers and they're coming and they say, oh, that's much cooler than Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that, that's a good thing, yeah. So the fest is scheduled to happen mm -hmm. in July of this year, right? Exactly, yeah. And you said uh, COVID restrictions are, are lifted over there now? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're gone in May or maybe, maybe end of April, yeah. So... When it gets warmer, everything is halfway back to normal. Yeah, I, the, the restrictions are getting lifted over here in New York City, too. I don't think the mask mandate is a thing anymore. And I don't know. I, I still wear a mask uh, basically whenever I feel like I need to, you know, uh, like if I'm on the subway or close quarters, if I'm at a show, I'll still wear it. But I don't know. I'm looking forward to things returning to some sense of normal 
however they can. And I sh I'm sure you are too. Yeah, yeah, totally. We currently at a club uh, in Linz and we have a show tonight and it's completely sold out. It's, it's a small club, but we sold, we sold out in three days. So that's, that's, oh, wow. Yeah. To talk about some of what you had to deal with during the initial strike of the pandemic. I mean, you've got this label, you've got this fest, everything is going, and then everything gets sidelined. Yeah. Talk about some of what you had to deal with. Yeah, that, that, it was a nightmare because um, we, were, we, were, we were on a good way to, to, to get much more well-known. And then the pandemic, the pandemic hit us so hard uh, because I did so many artworks and we had these this cool shows coming up and the festival coming up and then there was nothing. Um, and we really, I really thought this was it, that, that that's it. We, we have to, to shut down and I have to, to search for, for a job or yeah, we, we can't go on with the, with the, with the label and, and everything. But then we started this, um, online acoustic festivals, uh, on Facebook. And, this this helped us a lot because we we doubled our followers on Instagram and Facebook, and yeah, we we put so much energy in in social media and doing acoustic sets or live sets online. I, I'm totally sick of it now. I can't see an online show anymore, uh, <laughs> but it helped us a lot. And yeah, we we put so much energy into the label. Um, sending bands into the studio and I never thought we could sign those big bands, but they also saw we, we, we want to build something and we put so much effort in it. And that's, it's, 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 we're not a major label, but bands see what we, what we're going to do. And, and they see that we do everything for the scene. And, and um, yeah. And I think that's the reason why the bands like us. Absolutely. So talk about uh, what do you look for when you're signing a band? Um, it's I'm when I grew up, I was always listening to Fat Records bands, um, and I still do. But I think for me, it's important to have this this mix. It's it's not a good thing if all bands are sound the same. So we try to 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 sign bands that sound that that, that are sound different and have a. I'm, when I listen to bands, I think I, I got this this feeling they could go big or they that that's a different thing and they sound different. That's that's pretty important to me and what and it's totally important to me that they love what they're doing and they playing tons of shows because if you're on a label, it doesn't mean you're selling tons of records. You you have to play shows because I think a record label doesn't sell much much records anymore especially if you're a small label. So you have to tour a lot. And yeah, that's that's where we put all, all our energy. We try to, to, to get good support slots for our bands and um, bring them. When we sign bands from the US, we, we pay for, for the tour manager. We, we try to get good support slots, bring them over. And yeah. Have you ever passed on a band and then really regretted it because they ended up doing really good things? Uh, no, not really. Maybe, maybe maybe I can say that in a couple of years, but <laughs> not now. They haven't hit that yet, huh? Yeah, yeah, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> beginning three years. How how does the arts work over there in Austria? I've talked to bands 
over here. And they say it's different in Europe that the, the government, you know, supports the arts more and there's even funding that can come from touring and all of that type of thing. Do you have any of that over there? No, no, not, not, not maybe some bands have it, but it's, it's, uh, it's a pain in the ass to deal with the government because we always try to get fundings and stuff like that. And they always say, nah, it doesn't fit in there. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It, maybe Germany is much better for that, but Austria is pretty um, difficult to get all these fundings. What's a record that you've worked on recently that you're really proud of? Uh, we just put out the, the new album from the Von Tramps. It's a band from Minnesota. I really love them. They're great and they're awesome live band. It, it's, it's amazing. And um, we just finished, um, we, we put out a, the, the debut record of the Venomous Pinks. Uh, they're an awesome band and I can't wait to, to, to release it. That's that's a thing that I'm really proud of to have them on my label. And also the new Pulley album. It's coming out on May 13. It, it's it's an awesome record. It's I can't wait to release it. And yeah, we're working on so much new stuff like a well uh, uh, a very famous band from Europe. It's called No Fun at All. They're from Sweden. Uh we're gonna put out their record in October. Yeah, and we're we're working on signing tons of bands right now yeah we're talking to a lot of bands so it sounds like there's a lot going on which is good right yeah we i think we have this label since officially since 2018 and since that we put out 100 records so that's 100 100 bands now you said you haven't had a day off in five years yeah so uh, how do you keep from going crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> it's 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 pretty hard. Yeah, it's 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 a nightmare sometimes. But like I said, I I love the scene and I love putting out records or working on booking bands. That's that's all I want to do, and it, it makes so much fun. And we have a great team, and it's. It's it's fun hanging around hanging around with all these friends at the office and it, it's it's just a good time. So you have an actual office location where people work out of? Yeah, yeah, we have a, a shop there. Yeah, and we're gonna open an office in Arizona soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. So will you be out here to set that up? Yeah, the plan is to be uh, six months in Europe and six months in the U.S. Oh, wow! So you're like all over the place. Yeah, that's the plan. And we also want to do a spam fest in the US next year. Nice. Well, where are you thinking of doing it? I don't know yet. I was thinking about California. That would be good. That's like punk rock central. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that that's the plan. Yeah, we're, we're thinking about doing it next year, September or October, around that time. Hypothetically, if you did have a day off, what would you do? <laughs> uh, I really don't know. I, I, because I love working so much for, for all this stuff. So I don't know. I, I even can't think about it because I'm getting stressed if I can't check my emails 20 times a day. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I have to be on an island with no internet connection and everything. That's, that's would be the only chance to, to get a real day off. Otherwise I would be working. Yeah. Do you, do you find that you get anxious if you're not? attached to email or electronics and that kind of stuff because i i do like i like to be at my computers 
with my setup and I'm scheduling guests to talk to or I'm editing yeah. or I'm messing around on YouTube. Like that that's what I like to do. So if I'm if I'm separated from it, I get anxious. How about you? Yeah, it's it's the same. I'm I'm if I go when I, when I go to bed, it's the last thing I do is check my emails or check social media stuff. It's the first thing in the morning I check my emails. Yeah. It's the thing I, I don't want to miss anything. I think that's it came it came from when I started all this artwork stuff. I always want to do everything as quick as possible. So nobody else can do that artwork for that for that band. So I try to finish an artwork within a day. And I think this got stuck in my head. So I try to do everything as quick as possible. Since you're a growing label, do you have a lot of people hitting you up as well with uh, demo submissions and all kinds of stuff? Yeah, it's going crazy since one year. We, we're getting tons of demos uh, and everything in a week and per day. And all these people are asking if I can, can I work at your place and uh, can I be part of it? And yeah, it, it's cool, but it's it's really hard for me to to tell bands we can't release them because there are tons of bands that are great, but I can't release every band. That's that's the that's the problem. I would I wish I could, but yeah, that that's that's a hard thing to deal with because I don't want to. It's hard for me to say we we can't do that because they're great, but like I said, I can't do anything. How involved are you in the process? Like, are you checking all the emails that come in and replying to people and with all the demos and everything that comes in? Still, I still do everything, yeah. Yeah. And it is stressful because there's times where I've, I've had to say no and it, it never gets easier. And it's not because it's not because the person's bad or anything like that. It's just some, there's just not enough time sometimes. Yeah. 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 Totally. And it's getting more and more every day. And, yeah, we have to deal with all these customers that getting pissed because their records are delayed for months. And yeah, it's it's not our fault, but we ha- you have to to tell them it's yeah it's it's a nightmare right now because we're getting hundreds of emails per week. And yeah, you have to get back to everyone because that's that's one thing I always want to do. I want to get back to people because I hated that so much when nobody get, was getting back to me, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's my policy too. And I'm not perfect because I can't keep up with everything that comes in, but I at least try to respond to everybody that comes in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Have you ever gotten a random demo sent to you that was so good that you signed the band? Yeah, yeah. Give us an example. Yeah, there was this band called The Fullers from New Jersey. Uh, they, I think they sent me a demo and uh, I really loved it and we just released it. And it was at the beginning for the for the label, so... It was kind of hard for us to 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 sign a, a band that's their first record, and yeah, we did that a lot in in the beginning, yeah. But now I'm I'm I'm, I'm I have to think more. Uh, does it make sense? And can we push the band? Do we have enough uh, time to 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 do that? And can we spend enough energy? Um, we we released tons of records at the beginning, and now we we're gonna do a cut and. There were years when last year and and uh, 2020 we released almost 40 records a year, so that's that that that's kind of much. And and now we're gonna have we're gonna try to release 12 records a year starting with next year. Yeah. 
talk about what the label does for the bands. I know it's changed over over the years. Like uh, labels don't pay for the band to record anymore, right? Uh, we still do. Oh, you still do? Not not for every band. Some some bands are coming and they have everything recorded, but uh, we we like like the Venomous Pinks or Pulley. Uh, we sent them to the studio. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it just depends on the situation. Yeah, exactly. If they already have their their music and they're a small band, and maybe they're gonna get some funding, but uh, like I said, for Pulley or Venomous Pinks, One Tramps, we just sent them to the studio and we we paid everything. We paid the studio. We paid the manufacturing. We're gonna spend tons of money for for promo and ads. Yeah. And what formats are you putting music out on now? There's obviously there's vinyl. That's big, right? Yeah. Yeah. We. For every band, we do vinyl, and yeah, it's digital. Sometimes we do CDs, but um, it's it's not much. How do you decide if you're going to do CDs or not? Um, for for bigger bands, we sometimes do CDs, but it's mostly because of promo. And sometimes the band wants a couple of CDs, so but it's not that much. It's the main focus is vinyl because yeah. it's for me. Uh, it's hard to listen to CDs because I don't have a have a CD player at home. I just yeah. just bought one for the office, but uh, yeah, I can't listen to CDs in the. I can't listen to it in the car. It's I can't listen to vinyl either in the car. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, CDs is is yeah, a, a vinyl sounds much much better. Any cassettes? Do you sell any cassettes? We just started this for. We're gonna have cassettes for the new Pulley album. Yeah, is that a good market? Do people buy those? Hopefully, it's the first time we're going to do this, but it's much more. I think it's it's more a collector's item. I don't think people will listen to the cassettes, but uh, like I said, it's 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 a it's a collector's item, like the skateboards we're going to do. Oh, nice! Who are you doing skateboards for? Oh, we did that for uh, Pulley. We did that for Bad Cop. Bad Cop. We did that for Get Dead. We just did one for Snuff, the UK band. And uh, we're going to do some for the new Pulley record. Yeah. I think CDs CDs have to become a thing again at some point, right? Because cassettes started becoming popular again in like 2013, 14. And I was really annoyed by it because I don't know. I, I don't have a cassette player. I don't know how to play cassettes, but they're just so cheap. Like, you know, records used to be so cheap. That's why bands would put out vinyl and split seven inches. And then now vinyl, you can't even get printed uh, unless you want to wait a year. So I imagine CDs will have to circle back around at some point too, right? Yeah, yeah I think so too. But maybe the the, the thing with the, the vinyl gets better. There are huge delays right now, but I think it's getting better because the, the new records we're going to put out are coming almost in time. So yeah, hopefully it gets better. How do you get input about how to run the label. Do you look at what other people are doing? Do you have people you consult with? What's your process? No, it's just it's it's learning by doing. For me, I I, I love to try things, and it's it's I, I learn with everything I do, and I, I love to 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 try out new things. That's why I started the festival. That's why I started the label. I love I love to do things that I don't know anything about, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it, it's. I, I don't look at other labels because I want to do my own thing. So talk about what you've got coming up. Now, you've talked about some of the great releases that you've got coming up with the 
with uh, spam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the label is thriving. The label will continue, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And we've got Spam Fest mm-hmm. coming in July, right? Yeah. And that is uh, that's going to happen. It has to happen. Yeah, it has to happen. Yeah, right. Um, and after that, um, yeah, we're going to go to Arizona and um, yeah, build the office there. Uh, it's probably September. Then we have to go back because we have another festival in October called Spamoween. And yeah, that's, we have, we have some club shows also coming on, coming up this year. But yeah, for, for, for next year, we already working on the next festival and also on the US edition. Yeah, that's, we have so much to do. So it sounds like there's a lot happening and that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We, like I said, we want to go big. And that's the reason why we're going to do this festival in the US. And yeah. That sounds excellent. Um, so is there any, uh, is there any project or anything upcoming that we didn't talk about that you want to mention in the end here? Yeah, we're going to have a, a documentary coming up about spam and spam fest. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Now let's talk about this. Um, uh, has, is the documentary currently being filmed? No, they, they coming over there from the U S they, it's Sean, he did uh, the FedRack documentary. Um, they coming to, to Austria, uh, mid of July. They're going to stay there for three or four weeks. Going to film everything we're going to do, the office, uh, shows, private stuff. Um, yeah, the festival, of course. And we're, we're hoping to get this out at the end of the year. Nice. How's it going to be released? Uh, we're hoping to get it on Netflix or Amazon. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, and we're also going to have it in the cinemas over Europe and hopefully in the US as well. Yeah, that, that's that's also a huge project we're working on right now. Does it make you nervous at all that there's going to be people following around and documenting what you're doing? I would get all neurotic about it. <laughs> Not yet, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'm going to freak out. Yeah, would, you're going to have to like clean up the apartment and the office probably and make sure everything's ready to go. I, I'm pretty sure, but I, I, I won't do that because I love that people see things how they are for real. I don't want to play any roles and stuff like that. I really have all this drama and all these good things happening. I think that's, that's the thing that makes uh, something excited. Uh, and, and people would, I, I don't think people would love to watch something that it's like a, like a movie, um, uh, cast and everything i want to see i want to see that the real life of, of the of the label and, and the festival right we want to see what's actually happening that's what's interesting it's all these mistakes and failures and all these good things i think that that's cool to see well stefan uh, it sounds like you're doing a lot of wonderful things building up the scene over there working with these great bands making shows available to kids i think that's wonderful and uh, you know that's a healthy outlet for kids. Like I, uh, being involved in punk rock, hardcore, everything I was involved in, I think that kept me out of trouble yeah, for yeah. a long time. And it sounds like you're doing that for kids too, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Stefan, uh, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Thank you so much. Yeah.